0: what's good everybody this is your boy phil and i want to welcome you all back to the say what you like sports podcast we're getting in the groove for this 2018 nfl season and since it's still the preseason i figured this is the time to get into those previews and predictions so if you haven't got the chance go ahead and check out the previous released afc north preview and predictions we got the pittsburgh steelers info we got the cleveland browns info the ravens the Bengals. I mean, we're just putting it all out there. So we're going to be releasing these things every Tuesday and Thursday for the next few weeks until we get some regular season football to be talking about. That's what I really can't wait to talk about. But I also love these previews and predictions, man. I really, really, really like doing them because it's fun to go back at the end of the season and just see how wrong we all are and how little we all know and how bad we are at predictions and why Vegas stays so rich. But let's get into these AFC South previews. Uh, I'm just going to take it from the bottom up like we did on the AFC North episode. Coming in in fourth place, I have a playoff team from last season. I got the Tennessee Titans. Now, the Tennessee Titans went 9-7 and seven last season, and they made a little bit of noise even in the playoffs last year. They beat the Kansas City Chiefs in that wild card round, and who could forget that play by Marcus Mariota throwing to himself and winning that ball game, basically Uh, had to be a good feeling for Titans fans because it's been a while since they made any noise in the playoffs or even been in the playoffs for that matter. I mean, they suffered through those years with the ex-head coach, Jeff Fisher. So, you know, I was happy to see Tennessee, you know, do their thing. But unfortunately, I don't have good news, or at least I don't think this team's going to be making much noise in this season because I feel like this team has just taken too many steps backwards. While other teams in the AFC South have pretty much begun to take a few steps forward. I mean, just check it out. The team lost its head coach, Mike Malarkey, who made the playoffs last season. And he was replaced by the first-time head coach, Mike Vrabel. And that's along with another first-time offensive coordinator in Matt LaFleur. So you've got a rookie coaching staff over there for the Tennessee Titans. And also with that, you got to remember, this team is really depending on Marcus Mariota to take the next step towards, you know, becoming that that franchise quarterback. But with all these rookie coaches, keep in mind that poor Marcus is on his fourth play caller in four seasons. That's no good for the young QB, if you know what I mean, right? And, and this is his third head coach in those same four years. So there's just no continuity. There's just there's just no consistency with this coaching staff, and I think we're going to see the effects on a quarterback and some of those players like Marcus Mariota this year. That's just the way I see it. I can't help but think that. Again, the team also had some more losses on that offense. The team lost their leading rusher from 2016. He led the AFC in rushing in 2016, DeMarco Murray. Now, I know DeMarco Murray had his injury problems, but that was one complete running back and I know I know everybody is high on Derrick Henry I'm high on Derrick Henry I like him as a runner but make no mistake Derrick Henry is not an every down back so hopefully they get another back in there to compliment Henry and hopefully they don't lose too much steam on that offense Then you want to talk a little bit about these wide receivers. The team also loses, talk about losses, man, loses two of their top wide receivers in Eric Decker and Harry Douglas. But I will say this, that longtime tight end of theirs, Delaney Walker, I mean, he continues to ball out in his old age. So that's something that the Tennessee Titans can pretty much just hang their hat on knowing that they got that veteran tight end that's going to do his thing week in and week out in Delaney Walker. Now, I think the biggest question on the offense is, can this O-line return back to its 2016 form after a very, very disappointing 2017? When I look at this line, I, I, first thing I look at is left tackle Taylor Luan, who I think is one of the best at his position, straight up. So no worries there, but I am worried about the other side because right tackle Jack Conklin is coming off a torn ACL. And uh, you know, you look at some of those guards inside Spain and Klein. They they need to bounce back at the inside guard positions because they had some a pretty poor season by their standards. I mean, after coming off a, a nice previous season in 20 you know 16, 2017 was just all bad for a lot of those interior offensive linemen. I mean, poor Spain didn't didn't look the same. Didn't look the same. Um, also, you know, there's a new Defensive coordinator on the other side of the ball Dean Pease comes over from Baltimore And he's replacing the legend The living legend Dick LeBeau You know the longtime Steelers defensive coordinator So you can't help but feel like this team Lost a whole hell of a lot of experience this season And that's something that can't be discounted And I'm one of the first to always say I think experience is a bit overrated But when you lose this much experience at one time it's got to affect your football team. That's just the way I see it. Now, one of the good things I can say about this Tennessee Titans team is that D-line. I mean, that D-line is probably the team's biggest strength in my humble opinion. You got Jarrell Casey. uh, They signed over Benny Logan. And the linebackers really help with the pass rush. I mean, yeah, they're in their old age, but Arakpo and Derek Morgan, I mean, these guys can rush the passer. And they're consistent at it. I think... That pass rush, that D-line is going to be the strength. That's going to be the reason why these Tennessee Titans win games this year. Uh, the young DBs, though, in the backfield, they really got to step it up. But I think they can do so because, you know, they got some veteran leadership now in that locker room with Malcolm Butler. And with everything he went through with the New England Patriots in last year's Super Bowl, I think Malcolm Butler is going to be very, very motivated to do a good job and show that uh, the Patriots basically did him wrong, or at least Bill Belichick did in that Super Bowl and and made a mistake. And you also got Adoree Jackson, the other DB from USC a couple of years back. He's got that speed. He's just got to learn to play the game. He should continue to improve. So things are looking up. I think the Tennessee Titans have a very good defense, but just way, way too many question marks on offense. And that's why I got them finishing in last place here in the AFC South. So, finishing in at third place, I'm predicting the Indianapolis Colts. Now, the Colts, they were no good last year. They went 4-12 and last season, and Andrew Luck didn't play. He was having problems with the bum shoulder. But I really expect their record to improve because Andrew Luck is back, and I think Andrew Luck is the kind of quarterback that's worth a good three to four games, Right? So, if you win four games without Andrew Luck, you got to think you're winning at least seven games with Andrew Luck. So, I expect no matter all the problems, no matter how depleted this roster seems overall, when you got Andrew Luck, he's worth a couple of games for sure. Now, some concerns is that the Colts fired Chuck Pagano in the offseason. But I think this whole Frank Reich as the head coach debacle is really. Really a blessing in disguise. Now, I know a lot of Indy fans were straight up pissed off because Josh McDaniels flaked out. But that's what Josh McDaniels does, right? He's a flake. So he commits to taking the job as the head coach for Indy and then decides to bail and go back to being the OC with New England. But you get Frank Reich out of this deal. And let's face it, Josh McDaniels didn't exactly turn heads in Denver. And he's a flake, so who would want him, right? So I think if I was an Indy fan, I'd be pretty damn happy that that happened because Frank Reich, man, his offenses go. Remember, Frank Reich was Peyton Manning's quarterback coach back in Indy in, in the late 2000s. So he's got experience with some good quarterbacks. He's really developed them. I mean, Phillip Rivers had a resurgence under Frank Reich. And, man, I mean, he he engineered one of the greatest comebacks in AFC playoff history. Frank Reich can get it done. It is a blessing in disguise. Trust me. It looks bad on paper, but I think it's going to work out for the Colts this year. On offense, there's really not a lot to talk about. They lost their running back, Frank Gore. I mean, he's getting up there in age, but you know what? At the very least, at this stage in his career, he was still dependable. So a big question mark at the running back position going into the season. You still got a Robert Turbin who's, you know, he's decent, he's serviceable, but they're going to need a lot more than serviceable to really compete in this division with the likes of the Houston Texans and the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's just the way I see it. Now, where the Colts do have somebody dangerous, a playmaker on that offense, is in the wide receiver T.Y. Hilton. I mean, he's one of the league's most dangerous, deep threats he makes those safeties think twice about Biden, because he has that deep speed. But uh, outside of that, there's really not too much to fear. And with the offensive line, still a project, the first-round pick. They're trying to build that offensive line with it. But, you know, I think it's still something that remains to be seen if that offensive line can improve. And for Andrew Luck's health, I hope it does real fast. Now, on the other side of the ball, on defense, the new defensive coordinator, Matt Eberflus. I mean, this dude's really going to have his hands full rebuilding this defense because they lost some good players on D. I think they lost defensive tackle Jonathan Hankins, cornerback uh, Rashawn Malvin, and uh, that's just something that this team can't afford, and that's to lose talent because, honestly, this roster isn't very talented. But, you know, I see a player like Jabal Sheard really, you know, showing out this year and improving. I think, you know, some of these young players on defense are going to step it up. Now, I, I think uh, they, they got that newcomer, uh, Autry, over from the Raiders. Now, he can play end. He can play tackle. That should help along that D-line. So, it's not it's not like this team has nothing. It's just all these players on this defensive side of the line have to prove something. They still have something to prove, and so it's hard for me to say that the Colts are going to make the jump from worst to first, all because they got Andrew Luck back, because let's face it, even Andrew Luck right now is a question mark. The dudes hardly played any football in the last two years, and you add that up with a very inexperienced coaching staff, and pretty much you just have too many question marks. Now, with Andrew Luck, I believe, so I'm going to say they finished third in the division this year so that brings us to who i believe will be finishing in second place in this division the houston texans now the houston texans (laughs) weren't too hot last year they finished 4 and 12 along with the indianapolis colts and just injuries straight ate this team up because they were looking good towards that middle beginning of the season but injuries take their toll i mean this is a vicious game and the houston texans in 2017 were just an example of how fast you can go downhill when a few injuries hit you at the wrong positions. Now, I think the Texans are going to really be counting on Deshaun Watson to be back under center and continue to develop. I mean, there was really high hopes going into the season, and they got even bigger last season. Now, with his health and order, I think we should see Deshaun Watson have another Good season. But I'd say pause for just a second. It was a small sample size. I think before we get too, too excited about just what Deshaun Watson can be, we need to keep our expectations to what he should be in just his second year. I'm not saying he he doesn't have all the skills. I'm not saying he was more than impressive as a rookie. But he's coming off an injury, and he's still a second-year QB. These D coordinators have a little bit of tape on the guy. So, we'll see how he adjusts. Just a small question mark, not a big one. Now, you know, you had Lamar Miller at the running back position who had a career low, 3.7 yards per carry last season. And uh, Dante Foreman tore his Achilles, so it was all bad. Like I said, injuries really hit this team bad. But, you know, if they come back healthy, this team has talent on both sides of the ball. Another thing... When it comes to wide receivers, one of the best in the league is Hopkins. I mean, Hopkins is is the man, and he developed great chemistry with Deshaun Watson as a rookie in, in very, very limited time. I mean, it was quick. They were get, gaining a connection very quickly. So I really hope that they can build on that because the Deshaun Watson to DeAndre Hopkins connection can be something vicious. Now... You've got uh, Will Fuller, the former first-round pick, who's just a, a speed galore-type wide receiver. I mean, he presents a, a nightmare for defenses with his speed, especially when you've got a double Hopkins and worry about Watson getting out of the backfield, you know, making plays with his feet and his legs. So, you know, this offense has potential, has a lot of potential. It's just a matter if they can come back strong from all the injuries. The offensive line, I believe Houston signed uh, guard Zach Fulton to a $28 million deal and uh, a right tackle, uh, Henderson, for $4 million during free agency. So the depth chart looks good on paper, but again, we got to see how an offensive line meshes. We got to see if they're worth all that dough they spent on the line. And they got to protect their rookie QB, man. So they're hoping that it all works out. Now on defense, Romeo Cronell returns as the D coordinator. He replaces Mike Rabel, who went over to the Tennessee Titans to take that head coaching job. But uh, two seasons ago, just two short seasons ago, the Texans had the top-ranked defense in the NFL with Romeo Cornell. Now, you all know Romeo loves that blitz, and he's going to have a healthy defense, and he's going to have an upgraded secondary. He's going to have probably some of the best pass rushers in the league. On that line, on that defense. So I think the defense is going to be or should be really good as long as players like JJ Watt, the beast himself, can stay healthy. If Jadavian Clowney can stay healthy, I mean, we're, we're talking something serious because Romeo Cornell had this defense at number one two years ago, and I think he can get them to play even better in 2018. So that's why. I'm picking the Houston Texans to finish second. I can see the Texans winning at least nine games this year, uh, possibly 10, depending on on if they really get things going, they get things ironed out quickly and get on a roll. But the Texans can easily be a double-digit win type of team. And at the very least, I think they win seven games. And that's, you know, this team's just too talented, too talented. Or injuries would have to hit them As hard as they were hit last year in order for them to finish something like that, 4-12. That's just not the Houston Texans team. That's not the team I think they are. And now to get to my prediction for the 2018 AFC South champion, I got the Jacksonville Jaguars, man. This team shocked the world going 10-6 out of nowhere. Nobody expected this team to do what they did, but they done did it. And you got to give them respect beating the Pittsburgh Steelers in the playoffs, that's no easy feat. Pittsburgh is a very experienced team, so I was very impressed with what the Jaguars were able to do last season. Now, the question is, what do I expect them to do this season? I already said I expect them to win this division again. Last year, they went 10-6. I can see them going at least 10-6 again for 2018, but I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be surprised if they go 11-5 or even 12-4. I think a lot of these young players got a little a taste of success and I think they're really going to be gunning to to take down the Patriots this year in the playoffs and if they put the work in they definitely got the talent to make it happen. Another positive for this Jacksonville Jaguars offense will be the offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett is going into his second season so again just some more experience some more familiarity between the coaching staff and the players. Blake Bortles signed a new contract. He did what he had to do. Now, a lot of people knock Bortles for being Blake Bortles, I guess. Now, he's not the best quarterback in the league, but you got to admit, he's far from being the worst. You could do a lot worse out there than Blake Bortles. And as long as this Jaguars team has this running game and this defense, as long as Blake Bortles doesn't blow it for you, you know what? This is a quarterback you can win with. See the 2000 Ravens. See the 2002 Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It can happen with the game manager at QB when you got a dominant defense and a dominant running game. Now, I wouldn't call the Jacksonville Jaguars running game dominant last season, but there's room for improvement. You got a second year player like Leonard Fournette out of LSU who ran for a thousand yards in his rookie year and he had five 100 yard games, but his detractors will. Be quick to point out that he also had six games with less than 60 yards. So I guess what we're looking for from Leonard Fournette is just a little bit more consistency. But that's not all that the Jacksonville Jaguars have at the running back spot. They have TJ Yaldon, the former second round pick a while back. And uh, he's one hell of a third down running back. I mean, this dude can catch passes out of the backfield. He can pick up the blitzes you know pass protect so I really like TJ Eldon as a nice third down back now the wide receivers you know they kind of come and gone Marquise Lee was being overshadowed for quite a few years by players like Alan Hearns and Alan Robinson but now Hearns signed on with the Cowboys Robinson I believe went down to Chicago so or went up to Chicago I should say so now Marquise Lee signed a new contract and he's ready to shine. And I've seen the kid play a lot on Saturdays at USC here in SoCal, and he's got the potential to make plays. So it's all about potential with this wide receiver core. You know, they don't really have a true number one wide receiver per se on the roster, but they're solid depth at receiver. Uh, One drawback that I don't like is uh, Mercedes Lewis, who was getting up there in age, was released after 12 years with the team. He was one of my favorite tight ends in the league coming out of UCLA. Another player I would watch in my youth on Saturdays uh, here at the Rose Bowl in Pasadena. But um, you know what? It was time to move on. They they got a nice young offense there. Uh, The offensive lineman returns four out of five linemen. And the fifth lineman, uh, they signed All-pro left guard Andrew Norwell off of Carolina. I don't know how they did that. I think they gave him like 30 mil guaranteed. So all five spots on the offensive line should be solid. This team's going to look to just pound the rock. You know, just run that ball down your throat. And you're just going to have to see if you can stop them. But as we all know, the real strength of this Jacksonville Jaguars team was the defense last year. So you're probably thinking, okay, What else can they do on the defensive side of the ball to improve this thing? I mean, this team allowed the second-fewest points in the league at 268, scored the most points off of turnovers, 137. When you score 137 on defense, you're doing something right. I think that's the most impressive stat that you're going to read and take away from from last year. But they also had the second-most takeaways and sacks in the NFL. So, again... 10 of 11 starters are returning. I believe the uh only player not back is the middle linebacker Pelosny, who was a solid middle linebacker, but to return 10 of 11 starters in this free agency era, <laughs> that ain't bad at all. So I expect this defensive uh this defensive line, the linebackers, uh, all the defense as a whole to just be continue to play on fire like they were last season. So you know, defensive line, they got it all. I mean, but the real stud is Calais Campbell, who they signed from the over from the Arizona Cardinals the year before. And uh, he I think believe he led the league in sacks, if I'm not mistaken. On top of that, you got Jalen Ramsey, the young cornerback who was showing out. Boye as the other corner. I mean, this team's got talent up and down the roster on defense. So it's we know what the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to be. On offense, they're going to run the ball, control the clock, and they're going to make this defense stop you. And not only can they stop you and get you off the field on third down, but they can score some points. And when you can score some points on defense, you're definitely going to win this AFC South Division. And who knows? You just might get to that Super Bowl.